Just three days after being released from the hospital, a four-year-old boy named Tristan Myers wandered away from his home. A neighbor found him half a mile away at a farm and returned him. But just three days after that, he vanished again, with two small dogs, no less. But strangely, the dogs returned, but little Tristan was nowhere to be found. I'm your host, Michael. Welcome to Strange and Unexplained. Tristan Allen Myers was born in July of 1996 to a 15-year-old girl named Raven Myers. Raven would give the baby over to her parents, Robert and Sally Myers of Louisiana, soon after birth, as she was not exactly ready to raise a child. However, it is mentionable that a Mississippi law where she lived prevented her from having custody of the child anyways, so Tristan went to live in Louisiana with his grandparents. Raven was apparently growing up fast and would go on to have another baby around the age of 17 a daughter, who was seized by the state around the age of three months after the baby suffered a skull fracture. Raven said her roommates were to blame for the baby's injuries. God, that is cold, to blame that type of injury on your roommates, whether it was their fault or not. You're still the baby's mother if they're not suitable, right? I don't know. I thought that was odd. Meanwhile, back in Louisiana with little Tristan, He's three years old now. This is 1999, when his grandfather, Robert Myers, was working on a car in the driveway. He went to back the vehicle up and accidentally struck Tristan, resulting in a broken leg, multiple burns on his legs and face, along with lacerations on his head. Robert was reported as having been drinking and was therefore charged with drunk driving, first-degree vehicle negligence, resulting in injury and cruelty to a juvenile. However, the child remained with the couple as it was believed that the incident was just an accident. But Robert claims that he could have been stone sober and there would not have been a way to prevent it. It was just a freak accident. A few months after the accident, though, another medical emergency would strike the Myers family. This time, it was Sally Myers, Tristan's grandmother. She would be diagnosed with liver cancer in early 2000 and undergo intense chemo and other treatment resulting in Sally needing extra help from Robert. So with Robert now taking care of his sick wife full-time, he was a lot less able to handle both Sally and young Tristan. So Robert reached out to his brother John Myers and asked him and his wife to take Tristan. So John talked it over with Donna, his wife, and the couple made the long drive from their home in Roseboro, North Carolina to Louisiana to pick up the boy. John and Donna had been told Tristan was a very sweet and loving child, easy to care for and laid back. He never gave any trouble and was well-behaved, so they were naturally ecstatic to meet him. But the meeting wasn't exactly all sunshine and rainbows. When they arrived to pick up Tristan, they were only given three changes of clothes, as though that's all the boy had, and then they were handed Tristan, and that was that. John also said that Raven, Tristan's mother, didn't show any emotion over the fact that her son was leaving to live in North Carolina. She was interviewed once after Tristan went missing. She talked about getting a second chance to be a good mom and making things right when he was found, and that she had hired an attorney to fight for custody of him. Now, whether any of that talk was true or just blowing smoke, I really don't know. So, anyways, let's get back to Tristan. 
So, shortly after John and Donna arrived home, now with Tristan in tow, who they have at this point nicknamed Buddy, they started noticing Tristan's behavior and demeanor was not as it had been portrayed to them. Instead of the calm, quiet boy John's brother had described, Tristan had started exhibiting troubling behavior. He was prone to violent outbursts against others and his own self. He would scratch and bite himself during these incidents, sometimes even drawing blood. John and Donna had taken Tristan to several doctors in hopes of finding out what they could do to help the boy. With one hospital stay lasting five days, numerous tests were run, but the results would not be exactly what the family was hoping for. The doctors were unable to give John and Donna an exact diagnosis, as they said that Tristan was developmentally and emotionally underdeveloped. He was unable to answer the most basic questions or follow the simplest commands, with one doctor going as far as to say, I'd be surprised if he could say his own name, Tristan Myers, and that he lives in Roseboro. Tristan was diagnosed with ADHD, according to Donna's sister. Other than that, they had no diagnoses at the time. Then, in September of 2000, another death happened in the Myers home, but this time it was the family's elder dog. Donna explained to police that Tristan had woken up in the middle of the night and wanted to give the old dog a bath, so he filled the bathtub. She said he was shaking the dog as well and holding it around the neck. She she believed it may have had a heart attack. The dog was later buried in the backyard. Um... Jesus. No, the dog didn't have a heart attack. He was shaking it around the neck. Apparently a small dog, though, right? Because Tristan was only four, year olds at the, four years old at the time. I don't think he's, uh, I don't think he's manhandling the family pit bull this way. Uh, so I'm not really sure what kind of, kind of dog it is. I do know that um, Donna had another dog that was a chihuahua and another smaller dog as well. So I imagine she likes small dogs. So, but he would later attempt to dig this dog up and take it to the hospital. The Meyer said he didn't have any idea what had really happened to the dog. Now, some doubt Donna's story, as teeth from the dog were later located in the bathtub drain, indicating it may have not just been a simple heart attack that killed the dog, but it remains just speculation. That is weird, right? The dog's teeth were found in the bathtub drain, and he said he was going to give the dog a bath. Sheesh. What kind of bath was that? How do you knock the dog's teeth out? Like, I understand if, if, I mean, I understand how he could drown a small dog, but knock the teeth out. It's just absurd. But Tristan did have a tendency to wander off, as twice he had been found a mile away from the home by neighbors and returned to the house. As a result of this, John had installed alarms on all the doors and windows to ensure that it wouldn't happen again. But, as you know, we're doing this case, right? So that was not the case. Sadly, on October 5th, 2000, at just four years old, Tristan would wander off for a third and final time. While the alarm had been bypassed and his great aunt slept just feet away from him. Earlier in the day, Donna had taken Tristan in for a doctor's appointment. When they arrived back home, tired and ready for a nap, Donna put on a Barney VHS for him, and he quickly fell asleep in front of the TV. Donna herself slipped into a little siesta on the couch, right beside Tristan. Donna was woken up by the phone ringing. It was John, just checking in and seeing how the doctor's visit went. But Donna quickly realized something was wrong. As the spot on the floor where Tristan had been sleeping, 
was now vacant. She told John she would call him back and went to find the boy. She went out the back door calling his name. And that is when she noticed a small and now empty kennel where Sasha, a Doberman puppy that was bought for Tristan, usually was kept. This raised awareness of the fact that her own dog, a three-legged chihuahua named Buck, God bless his soul, who was usually glued to her side, was also missing. So after failing to locate Tristan, Donna called 911 and a search was started immediately for the child. It started in the woods and fields around the Myers house, and then extended out into the small ponds. After a tracking dog gave indication that the boy's scent trail ended there, that pond and several others were drained, but no sign of Tristan was found. After about five days, the search efforts began to lessen, and Tristan's chances of being found alive were dwindling. But then a glimpse of hope came when Buck, the three-legged dog, the three-legged chihuahua, came back home. Buck is a trooper. He showed no signs of being in the woods and was not hungry or dirty. He was simply discovered after walking up on the porch and barking to be let in, which was his usual routine. So now with the resurgence of Buck the three-legged chihuahua, that meant Tristan couldn't be too far. But again, a sea of false hopes is all it was, as no sign of Tristan was found. And again, right as hope started to dwindle, yet another wave of hope came crashing in. About a week after the boy had gone missing, Sasha, the puppy that was bought as a companion, made her way back to the front porch of the Myers home. Sasha was a bit thin, but otherwise in good shape. Let me pull up the freaking e-brake on this story right here. Because, what the hell? Most dogs that are taken away from their home, or run away, especially as a puppy, are not going to find their way back. A week later? A week later. Maybe a day later, you know, maybe uh, hours later. But a week later? That doesn't sound right to me. That sounds weird. It also sounds weird that the three-legged chihuahua buck survived out in the wilderness for like three days. That is so absurd to me. So absurd. Um, that these dogs lived, but Tristan did not. And then you're telling me this happened right after he killed one of your dogs. Apparently very brutally. A lot of people look at the family in this case. Okay, I am not doing, I'm not doing that right now. But this is one of those things that makes you kind of raise an eyebrow, right? The fact that these dogs came back knowing how violent Tristan was with dogs. But why Why the charade, right? Why say, oh, these dogs went missing too. He took the dogs too. Why say that? Why not just say Tristan walked off, right? I have no idea. No idea. I might be getting way ahead of myself here. Let's, uh, let's move on. So, time began to roll on without any trace of Tristan. There were many false leads over the years, the most notable one was where an eyewitness noticed a homeless man go into an abandoned home with a little boy and then come out shortly after without the boy. The witness called police and a boy's body was found in the house. He had been shot to death. After DNA testing was done, it was determined not to be Tristan. Gosh, but another sad story in itself. So skipping ahead now, in February of 2003, Ricky Quick 33 years old, showed up at the St. Francis Hospital in Evanston, a suburb north of Chicago, with a blonde-haired, blue-eyed boy and wanted him treated for, quote, aggressive behavior. The boy was dirty and wearing clothes that had not been washed for days. Hospital staff informed police of the situation and the child was taken into custody, as they all believed he was Tristan. Ricky said the boy's name was Eli and that it was his son. 
When questioned, Eli couldn't answer any questions about who his family was. So this led police to believe that the boy was the stolen Tristan Myers. And the hope in John and Donna was once again and almost cruelly sparked only to be fizzled out. Ricky Quick had a warrant for his arrest because of a retail theft charge. So when police released him, he promptly disappeared. But the child remained in custody of the police, and it was determined through DNA testing that the boy was not Tristan. He apparently had been handed over to Mr. Quick by a sex worker he knew, and she claimed he was the father. This was just another letdown for the Myers family. But it did raise awareness in Tristan's case, bringing in thousands of new tips, but again, leading to nothing. There have been other false sightings of Tristan, including a child in Florida who was thought to be him, but the boy was found and again proven not to be Tristan. So, how is Raven, Tristan's mom, holding up in all this? We talk about his great aunt and his uncle and his grandparents quite a bit in the way that they're mourning the loss of Tristan, but what about mom, right? Well, let's check in on her. Raven Myers had a change of heart and done some growing up over the years. And by the time the false alarm was raised in Illinois over the unidentified boy, Raven had said she was ready to have Tristan back and to be a good mom. However, tragedy was not done with the Myers family yet. And in March of 2004, Raven was living in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and was rushed to the hospital after apparently jumping from the cab of a moving pickup. An investigation was done to see if any foul play was involved, since Raven had gotten into an argument with the driver of the truck before the truck took off. But the police believe, due to the nature of her injuries, it appears she jumped from the vehicle herself after her and the driver started arguing again on the road. Myers was rushed to a nearby hospital where she underwent emergency surgery for her very severe head injuries. But sadly, she didn't make it. She died on the table, despite all efforts to save her life. The only remaining family member of Tristan's is his great-aunt, Donna Myers. She is still advocating for Tristan and hopes one day Tristan will be found and brought back home. Police still hold out hope that the fact that they have never found any clues is a good thing for now. Keeping the possibility of finding Tristan, now as a grown man, alive. The family of Tristan was investigated extensively but they were cleared and police do not believe that they were involved. They have and continue to cooperate with police, with many even taking lie detector tests. But we all know how little good those are. Here's a few interesting facts regarding this case. The small town of Roseboro, North Carolina, had been rocked by the exact same tragedy over 20 years before Tristan went missing. And it was just three miles down the road. The location is what makes it so eerie, and the hopelessness felt by the community in finding these children. In the winter of 1976, two-year-old Bruce Sheeran was on the front porch of his grandmother's house playing with his toys, and she had just stepped in the house for just a second. When she returned, Bruce was gone and has never been seen since. A massive search was done for the boy, just as in Tristan's case, with ponds being drained and forest being trampled, and not even a sign or a clue of what happened to Bruce. Bruce has also never been found. Police don't believe the two cases are connected, but that does not help the minds of those who saw both stories unfold. Local rumors still fly around about the same person committing the acts, or that 
perhaps the uh, families were involved, of course. But again, no evidence pointed to either family. It's very strange. Um, At first, I I think everyone points to family in these cases, especially missing children, and especially when they disappear without a trace. But still, I don't know where I stand on this case. How how does a four-year-old get far enough away from a place on his own to not be found? And why are the dogs with him? I feel like if Tristan left on his own, he probably took those dogs to probably hurt them on purpose or not. I don't know. Um, but I, he left with those dogs, and I believe somebody had to have taken him. If he's not in, in any of the nearby ponds, maybe someone drowned him in the pond. That's why his scent was left there, because the, the scent dogs did track his scent to the edge of a pond. Maybe he was drowned in that pond, and then his body was carried and disposed of somewhere else. Those are my thoughts. Those are the facts. There's only one more thing left to do in this episode, and you know what it is to get that fresh opinion. That's right, get that fresh opinion from Lorne in this week's Lorne Synopsis. It's time for Lorne. It's time for Lorne Synopsis. Breaking down the case like, breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lorne. It's time for Lorne Synopsis. Breaking down the case like, Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren synopsis. Breaking down the case like. Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. What's up, people? Lauren here. You're getting my thoughts on this week's Strange and Unexplained. The disappearance of four year old Tristan Allen Myers from Roseboro, North Carolina, who on October 5th of 2000 wandered off from his great aunt and uncle's property and has never been seen again. Four years old at the time, he had a limp from uh, a terrible accident that uh, in which his grandfather had ran him over with the car in the driveway, and he had quite a terrible upbringing in his you know short four years. His mother was only fifteen years old when she had him, and was actually legally you know not even legally allowed to have custody of a child being as young as she was. She didn't know who his father was. Uh, for sure. She said it could have been any of four or five different men. Um, She would go on to tragically uh, die later after allegedly jumping out of a vehicle during an argument and succumbing to head injuries from that. Um, That was after Tristan had gone missing. Um, So yeah, he had just a a, a young four-year-old life that was just filled with uh, disaster, really. He went from his mother, who couldn't take care of him, to his grandparents, where his grandfather ran him over, and then uh, was handed over to his great aunt and uncle. Who, and that was the best, you know, chance he had. Was his great aunt and uncle really seemed to do their best to try and take care of young Tristan, who had some issues. Um, he was he was slow for his age. Um, he was uh, only able to speak a few words. He had ADHD um, and some violent tendencies. There was an incident with a dog where he was supposedly bathing the dog, and the dog died from him thrashing the dog around and choking the dog apparently. Now, I don't think he had an understanding fully of what he was doing or that or what death was because there's, you know, it's said that after the dog died that he thought that, you know, he could bring the dog back to life. He tried to dig up the dog and take it to the vet and so he his little, you know, mind didn't understand what he had done, I don't think. Um and as far as his disappearance him wandering off, he had wandered off from 
his great aunt and uncle's property on two other occasions and would usually make his way to the neighbor's property where they had horses. He loved horses and the neighbor would, you know, on the other occasions had brought him back and the aunt and uncle goes to show you, they did care for him. They, they had installed, um, some sort of, a you know, a, a, a noisemaker or alarm on the door to where if he would try to leave again, they would be a, a warned of that. However, on the day that he wandered off and he had gone down for a nap and his aunt being tired as well, went down for a nap. And when she awoke, Tristan and their two dogs were gone and he's never been seen since it's been obviously, you know, over 21 years now. And, um, the dogs bizarre, uh, bizarrely came back in separate occasions days later. Um, you, if that was what kind of threw me off is like, you would think the dogs would stick together if they had wandered off. I, I just, my dogs, I think would always stick together when they wander off and, either one would come back and the other one would have, you know, died or something along those lines. But for them both to return and on, on, you know, days apart was bizarre. All the talk about the dogs, you know, them being in perfect condition, you know, a little bit emaciated, but, you know, no sign of them, you know, living in the woods or whatever. I, I didn't understand that. It's like, I feel like dogs can make their way through woods and even stay in woods for days. And you wouldn't know the difference of whether they were in the woods or not. Like, you, you, what do you, like, you think there's just going to be all this evidence like leaves and pine needles stuck in their fur or something? I don't know. But uh, I, I feel like Tristan was abducted by an opportunistic either killer or pedophile because I feel like if he had wandered off and uh, either drowned in a nearby pond or had uh, you know gotten hurt and uh, dehydrated out there, that they would have found him because they did – search high and low for him they drained nearby ponds they they looked in every nook and cranny and it's been like i said over 20 years now his body would have surfaced if he was anywhere near his hometown you know the town that he was living in at the time where he disappeared from so i feel like someone abducted him took him away from roseboro and maybe even away from north carolina and um i, I find it unlikely that he's alive today but it's it's possible because he wasn't able to communicate well and if someone had taken him in they could have you know uh, raised him from then on and he could have forgotten about his past you know and uh I, I hope that's not the case i hope i don't know what i hope there's it, there's not a lot of good outcomes here obviously most of his family members that were alive then are now gone and there's not many people left and I don't, i'm not sure we'll ever know exactly what happened to tristan it's a tragic case, and it was really tragic that his life was what it was. It never, you know, this is a little boy that never really had a chance. So, yeah, it's, it's terrible. I hope something surfaces eventually, but um, I'm not holding my breath on this one. So that's my thoughts. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. See you next week. All right. That's a mighty damn synopsis, if I say so myself, Lauren. Thank you very much for that. Uh, great point there towards the end when you talked about how um, Tristan, as opposed to some other kids that have been, you know, well, possibly been kidnapped, abducted, um, he would be easier to mold. He would be easier to change because he didn't really have much structure in his life already. He's only four years old. Um, he can't communicate well right now. He would be the perfect kid to to take and mold into whatever you wanted, I guess, if you so were so inclined and happened to be in the right place at the right time, though. See, that's the thing. Obviously, this wasn't planned. That's what makes me 
think that this was maybe just a spur of the moment pickup. Uh, this child, I think it was just a random one-off thing, and someone saw him and they grabbed him. That's that's the only way it could have went down. I think. Um, now, if they chose to raise him as their own, who knows, right? They could have changed his name. They could have they could have done a lot of things. Could have done a lot of things. I don't know how you would get a birth certificate. I guess there's ways of doing that, right? People disappear, quote unquote, and they get a birth certificate of a dead person that uh, died at birth or whatever, but it's like the same, would have been the same age as you. Pretty tricky. Uh, but I'm guessing it's possible. It's possible to pull off that kind of a stunt. And nowadays, I don't put any of that past anybody, even in 2000. Uh, 2000, it'd have been hard to get ahead of this on the internet, right? On radar, on satellite. So a lot of that stuff was still in its infancy. So, yeah, great synopsis, Lauren. Thank you very much. Glad to have you back, sir. Very glad to have you back. All right, guys, so now on to the part of the show where most of you probably turn this podcast off, the housekeeping. Yay, the parts that support it. Uh, <laughs> Patreon.com slash podcast. If you guys want early access to these episodes on Thursdays, as well as another show I do on Monday to fill that Monday gap called Strange Shorts. Uh, not quite as in-depth, but still just as much fun as my dog is barking in the background. See this production value you get? So, yeah, you, you can't you can't complain with that. Um, but yeah, patreon.com slash podcast. Guys, for just three bucks a month, you get access to both of those things. If you step it up to the $5 a month tier, then you get access to Sandu Stories, which is happening next week. Sandu Stories Chapter 4 comes out next week, so there will be no episode on the free platform because here on out, Sandu Stories will only be available on the $5 tier on Patreon. So thank you guys for listening. If you haven't checked out any of the Sandu Stories episodes, I genuinely plead that you do because I put a lot of work into those. <laughs> so thank you guys. Uh, if you have, thank you for supporting the show any way you can. Patreon's not your thing, no big deal. Guys, if you could just go leave a review, subscribe, follow on Spotify, all the things, all the things and the stuff, right? You can go on, uh, follow me on Instagram, at SNU Podcast, and I have a link to everything True Crime Guys Productions in the bio in there. Speaking of True Crime Guys Productions, though, we got our very first ever True Crime Guys mixtape album that will be available everywhere next week. This Thursday, this coming frickin' Thursday, June 18th, 2021, if you're listening to this in the future. It's not that not as exciting now. It's already out, though. You can go listen to it, you know, if it's after June 18th, 2021, have at it, right? But it should be everywhere you're listening, uh, Spotify, iTunes, even YouTube Music, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you shouldn't even be able to use the songs on your, like, Instagram videos and stuff. And if they don't have my lyrics in there, I swear to God. I'm going to kill somebody. I had to type in every goddamn lyric of my songs. I do not like to type, okay? For a podcaster, I have to do a lot of typing, but I do not like it. I do not. <laughs> but anyways, guys, please go check out that. It's called uh, True Crime Guys Killer Mixtape. You can search for it, like I said, anywhere, June 18th. Oh, and one more thing. If you guys love this show so much that you want to tell other people that you love this show, check out truecrimeguys.threadless.com. It is our merch site. should be linked down below in the bio unless I really drop the ball on that. But anyways, truecrimeguys.threadless.com, or you can go to True Crime Guys Linktree, which there is a link to that on Instagram or Twitter or anywhere on any of our profiles. Okay? 
right, guys. Well, we'll see you next week with a brand new strange and... Oh, no, I won't. Oh, I'll only see the patrons on the $5 tier for a brand new Sandu Stories. All right, guys. Remember, be strange. Just don't be strangers. <laughs>